from in and around the Capital Region on the Alive Radio Network. This is The Matter at Hand. I'm Alicia Purdy. If people with uteruses don't have access to abortion, we're not having a sexual liberation. Now we're at Bond Parade Float, and they are making the world's first, thank God for abortion, a parade float. Thank God for abortion is something that came out of pain around people's rights being trampled. I'm a queer person, I've had two abortions, and that's part of the genesis of this. When I had my first abortion, I was like, this is not like what they said it was going to be. I wanted to inject joy, and the joy is about autonomy. You're like, that's what it's about. Like, I have a right to do what I want with this body. Look, access to abortion is good and important. Some people say abortion is killing a baby. It's not. It's stopping a baby from happening. (laughs) And I know some people call themselves pro-life, but pro-life is a propaganda term that isn't real, like healthy ice cream. straight. First of all, these people are anti-abortion, which means they're anti-woman. January is National Right to Life Month when pro-life Americans gather together for the March for Life in Washington, D.C. to protest both the practice and legality of abortion on or around the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decision in 1973 that legalized abortion in the United States. Toward the end of 2021, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization concerning Mississippi's 2018 Gestational Age Act, which prohibits abortion after 15 weeks of gestation, but more specifically addresses the issue of whether or not the state has the right to protect unborn humans from being murdered. Laura Echevarria with the National Right to Live organization, the nation's oldest and largest pro-life activist group, says it's time to give the unborn their due. And she says the United States is stuck in the dark ages when it comes to how the law treats the most vulnerable, with over 63 million lives lost to abortion since Roe v. Wade legalized the procedure. At its core, Escavilla says the arguments for and against abortion are about rights. The right to take the life of an unborn child versus that child's right to live and be welcomed at birth as a member of the human family. During oral arguments on the constitutionality of Mississippi's Gestational Age Act, conservative Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who was appointed by President Donald Trump, said the Constitution is neither pro-life nor pro-choice on the question of abortion, but instead, Kavanaugh said the Constitution leaves the issue for the people of the states, or perhaps Congress, to resolve in the democratic process. Various states have made headlines for their movements on the abortion issue, with many states like Texas reducing the time frame within which a pregnant woman can terminate her pregnancy. 
However, New York State continues to make headlines for having the most radically pro-abortion laws in the country after disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo signed into law legislation that permits a woman to dismember or dissolve or otherwise euthanize her healthy unborn child up until the point of its natural birth at full term when the child would be viable to live outside the womb. In fact, under Cuomo's watch, more black children are killed in their mother's womb than are born in New York City, a stunning figure that brings into real life the dream of Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger, who hated what she called people in the ghetto, imbeciles, coloreds, the poor, and retards. I'm sick and tired of having to fight over abortion rights. It's settled law in the nation, and you are not taking that right away from us. Not now, not ever. New York's current governor, Kathy Hochul, has likewise affirmed her support for Sanger's dream, the euthanization of unborn children of all colors, saying she feels a weight of responsibility on her shoulders and is committed to making the abortion torch glow even brighter before she passes it on to the next generation. And while I'm still alive, as your first female governor ever in the state of New York, I will protect those rights and together we'll send a message across this nation. You come to New York, we'll protect your abortion rights every single day of the week. While Hochul was handed her role as governor of New York State following Andrew Cuomo's fall from grace, she has said she plans to officially run in an attempt to earn the state's highest office, where her unquestionable abortion agenda will continue unchallenged. When I was in college, Planned Parenthood approached me at a volunteer fair. They talked about helping women in crisis and their commitment to keep abortion safe, legal, and rare. I truly believed I was helping women. But things drastically changed in 2009. Abby Johnson is the founder of And Then There Were None, a nonprofit that helps transition abortion workers away from the industry. I was expected to sell double the abortions performed the previous year. When I pushed back, underscoring Planned Parenthood's public-facing goal of decreasing abortions, I was reprimanded and told abortion is how we make our money. Johnson rose to prominence in the pro-life movement after she departed from Planned Parenthood. After watching an abortion on an ultrasound and seeing for herself the body of a living child, moving, trying to get away from the pain of the abortion suction, and then ultimately being killed while doctors made jokes. An experience that Johnson says changed her forever and thrust her into a life of working to reach as many people as she can with the truth about abortion. When I was young, I knew everything. She a punk who rarely ever took advice Now I'm guilt-stricken, sobbing with my head on the floor Stopping baby's breath and a shoe full of rice, no Can't be held responsible While pro-abortion activists use a woman's bodily autonomy and her right to choose as their foundation for terminating the biologically distinct, very much alive unborn children they created, there is very little discussion about the experience of the fathers of the unborn, many of whom feel they have no choice in the matter but to let the woman make the decision, even if they want their baby to live. I was a young 20-year-old um, when, when 
I, I found out that my girlfriend was pregnant. The shock, the disbelief, and that was such a fear of mine in that moment of going, what have I done? Not only have I man, messed up our lives, now my dad's going to have to leave the ministry. Greg Smalley, the son of famed minister Gary Smalley, is the vice president of marriage at Focus on the Family. In an intimate and difficult interview, Smalley recounted his experience as a post-abortive father who still struggled 30 years later with the decision he and his girlfriend made to end the life of their unborn child. You know, in that moment when we felt so alone and felt so scared and felt so much fear, um, to have then someone walk in and go, and by the way, we can take care of this right now and no one will know and it can be done. And then there was music being piped in. I can't tell you the name of the songs, um, but if they come on and I hear them on the radio now, I, I, I will have a, 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 a sick reaction. My, my stomach literally churns. When people say that, that, that this, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's just tissue, it's not a big deal. Um, especially as the guy, I mean, it's not my body that's going through this. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a lie. Um, this, is, this is 30 years ago for me, and it still, it still hurts. And, and I still remember it like it was, it was yesterday. The emotional toll of abortion has been clearly and repeatedly proven to exist in both men and women who experience the violence of abortion. But people are fighting back against the Holocaust of the unborn across the nation, not only at the federal level, but state by state. The theme for the 2022 March for Life, which is scheduled to be held the weekend of January 22, 2022, is Equality Begins in the Womb. And even though the number of abortion clinics in the United States slightly increased in 2021, it remains well below what it was in the 1990s, according to a new report from the pro-life activist organization Operation Rescue. In fact, the advocacy group found that 27 abortion clinics closed or quit performing abortions in 2021, while 41 were opened, making a total of 720 abortion clinics nationwide. According to Operation Rescue President Troy Newman, surgical abortion facilities are are still the most numerous and the most profitable. So when they shut down, he says, it's great news because it means lives are being saved. However, Newman noted that with the increase in abortion pill distribution and the added approval by the Biden-Harris administration of allowing abortion drugs to be distributed by mail, abortions are still widely accessible on demand. And in New York State, leftist Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul isn't running unopposed in the 2022 governor race. In fact, she currently has two Republicans vying for the governor's seat, Andrew Giuliani and Lee Zeldin, both of whom have clearly stated they will push back against radical abortion agendas that Hochul says she plans to push forward. Finally, giving pro-life New Yorkers another weapon in the fight to save unborn children from a violent, painful death. For most people who consider themselves pro-life, abortion is abstract. They can't even conceive of the barbarity. They don't know about the products of conception room and abortion clinics where infant corpses are pieced back together to ensure nothing remains in the mother's wombs. After the personal transformation Abby Johnson experienced when she saw for herself that an unborn child is indeed alive, can experience pain and doesn't want to die, 
Johnson went on to author two books, Unplanned, which was eventually made into a movie and details her work at Planned Parenthood and her conversion to abortion opposition, and The Walls Are Talking, which recounts stories of former abortion workers who have come through her ministry. You see, for me, abortion is real. I know what it sounds like. I I know what abortion smells like. Did you know abortion even had a smell? Life is a core tenant of who we are as Americans. Take action and do it with our very most vulnerable Americans in mind, the ones who haven't been born yet. Well, thank you very much. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. In January 2020, President Donald Trump made history as the first president to speak in person at a March for Life rally, showing up to stand for life even during his own impeachment. The life movement is led by strong women, amazing faith leaders, and brave students who carry on the legacy of pioneers before us who fought to raise the conscience of our nation and uphold the rights of our citizens. When we see the image of a baby in the womb, we glimpse the majesty of God's creation. During President Trump's first month in office, he banned federal funds for global health groups that promote abortion. That same year, he overturned an Obama-era rule that allowed government subsidies of abortion. He appointed a record number of pro-life judges, including two Supreme Court justices, and introduced a new rule protecting the rights of health care workers who protest abortion, in stark contrast to the advancing abortion agenda accelerated by the Biden-Harris administration. Sadly, the far left is actively working to erase our God-given rights, shut down faith-based charities, ban religious believers from the public square, and silence Americans who believe in the sanctity of life. They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we are fighting for those who have no voice. As the battle for life and death continues in New York and in the Supreme Court, the fallout continues as well for the women and men who are permanently affected by abortion. Greg Smalley says his healing journey started when he brought his pain and regret to the Lord and hopes others will make a different choice than the one he now lives with every day. You're thinking and maybe considering this and trying to figure out what what do we do here. And I would just say, I don't care what anybody tells you, this will be with you for the rest of your life this choice. And man, I, I, I pray for you and so hope that, that you can find the strength and the courage um, to, to make a very different choice, um, one that, that I would give anything to be able to go back and, and make, that, make that choice again. Examining the issues that pertain to the people of God, this is the matter at hand. From in and around the Capital Region, on the Alive Radio Network, I'm Alicia Purdy.